welcome to the P4C podcast. We are excited to reshare with you the last 13 years of teaching through God's Word at Passion for Christ Summit. Each week, the P4C podcast delivers rich truths for your life, and we know you will be blessed. Our current series is from P4C 2021, Scripture, the Ultimate Authority. We now join Pam Cavanaugh for this year's Women's Breakout Session. We hope you are encouraged and challenged. Well, gals, this is exciting. I look forward to this all year. See new faces, and that's exciting. And I don't want to say old faces, but I I see familiar faces. (laughs) That's better. Familiar. Um, It's an honor to be here, and I don't stand up here saying I'm, you know, Somebody better than you or not, I'm on the same page. We're in this journey together. I always tell the new girls, we're on, it doesn't matter if you're 68 or however any of y'all, we're all on this road together as Christian women. So my prayer today is I just hope I can challenge you or encourage you. And actually studying this, it has actually encouraged me and challenged me and convicted me. So I hope the Lord will just take it from there. Now, I'm going to try not to wear these glasses, but every once in a while I may have to. Oh, I just might as well go ahead and put them on. <laughs> so um, I was, our title is Hearing from God. And then I kind of have a little subtitle, you know, because, and I'd like to uh, think about an organized heart. And because as, as we unfold through the Psalms, we're going to be in Psalm, you see in your book, 33 through 40 and 97 and 105 and maybe some in between there. And I thought, um, this is something the Lord's been showing me, that in order to hear from God, I think sometimes as we go through these Psalms, we're going to see how much he talks about the heart and how our hearts need to be in order to hear from him in his word. So first of all, I don't know, you may be too young, but Have y'all ever been in a youth group and you play that game? Some of them call it gossip. Some of them, um, my daughter-in-law said they called it telephone. So I walk over and I would say, whisper something in your ear. And then you whisper it and you whisper it and you whisper it and whisper it. And it goes all the way around. And they get to this person and it's nothing I said over here. (laughs) Have you ever done that? And it's hilarious. And you go, I never even said that. And I thought about that. I thought, that's what we need to avoid. You know, the hearsay, the, the, like they, the, the men have been talking about, you know, it's so important to stick to the word, the word of God, because then when you get to the end, it's going to be the same. And so I want us to focus on that. And so um, let's look at Psalm 119, 33 through 40. Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I shall keep it till the end. Now, in point one, I want you to think about the importance of a teachable heart. We need a teachable heart. Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes. Teach me your word. Teach me your... And so in verse 33, um, somebody read verse 33. Did I just do that? Yes. Okay, back up. Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statute, and I shall keep it till the end. Now, in this scripture, this is a sojourner. And we don't use that word very often, sojourner. 
It means a wanderer in this world. We are sojourners. We are wandering around in this world, and we absolutely need direction, don't we? We cannot keep, we'll just keep wandering and floundering if we don't get direction. So this, this um, psalmist is saying, he's asking for God's direction, and he promises to follow God's direction. And he does it faithfully. He sees God's word as a path to follow, a sure way. We are living in a very hostile world. And you know, I used to think more about this too. Back, it's ne- It hasn't changed, but it has intensified. And it is going faster and faster. We can all attest to that. We need God's leading. The directions are right here in the word of God. Now, verse 34 says, Give me understanding, and I shall keep your law. I shall observe it with my whole heart. And here we go. The heart. Be still, my heart. The heart. We're going to look at the heart a lot. And the psalmist, he does it fully. He does it faithfully. He does it fully. You know, we can fill our heads with a lot of knowledge and we can read a lot, but if we don't have real understanding, as some of the other pastors, the teachers have been teaching to us, if we don't really understand it, then it's not going to do us any good. You know, we can do a lot of reading and put a lot of knowledge, but if it doesn't reach the heart, it falls on dry ground. Now, um, he does it fully, and he's saying, teach me. So we need a teachable heart. And as I was studying this, I was reminded back when our first pastorate in Mississippi, I was like, I think 27 years old. And there was this woman in my church, Miss Verley House, and she was the age or a little bit older than I am now, which is weird. Okay. And I'm like, ooh. And she was such a godly woman. And the one thing that when someone talks about someone who has a teachable heart, it was this woman. And as a young pastor's wife, scared to death, you know, venturing in, she taught me faithfulness, faithfulness as a wife, and she taught me how to have a teachable heart. Here is a woman who's lived a long time and been in church a long time and is in the Word of God, and she comes to Charles and said, there was this curriculum that we were going to go over, discipling women, and she wants to be discipled. And I went, What? But Charles said, why don't you do it with us? And that, that really spoke to me. She didn't come to this point. Like a lot of times people will come to this point and think, well, I don't need to be taught anything. And she had such a teachable heart. And I thought to myself, oh, I want to be like her when I grow up. But then I thought, I have grown up. And I am her age. Lord, <laughs> I still need to keep working on this. But hopefully... We need a teachable heart. Now, verse 35, make me walk in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. When we walk in the Lord and his word, it moves our hearts. It it has to move our hearts if you belong to Christ and you're seeking him. Um, We we, we just moved from um, Kentucky to Evansville, but we lived in this old house, and I mean old, And our bathroom floor a while back was in need of repair. So Charles and Daniel began to rip up the old floor. 
Now, it seemed it was not real bad on top, you know. Oh, it's not that bad. But it wasn't the best. But then when they got to what was underneath, that was a whole nother story. A pastor once said, I heard, God is sovereignly in control of the moments and minutes of our lives, not just the big picture. Sometimes it's the moments and the little things in our life that we need to understand God's involved in that as he is the big picture. So God's purpose is always for the good. And, I, and now, and being older than you and been through a lot, his purposes are always good. They may not feel good. They may hurt. It may be deep, but they're all good. Now, God is chiseling a way to fulfill that in our lives. Well, on top, it didn't look too bad, but it's underneath that counts. Think about that. It's not what's out here, what you see right here. It's underneath that counts, what's going on inside. So this floor was horrible underneath. So they had to do a lot of chiseling, and, but the chiseling prepared for a better floor, right? What a beautiful picture in my own sinful heart apart from Christ. Because of his grace and mercy, he keeps reminding me of the ugliness of sin, and now I need to chisel away that stuff in my heart. We must keep confessing and renewing, and he will prepare our lives for his purpose. Be still my heart. Think about that. Jeremiah 4.3 says, For the Lord said to the men of Judah and Jerusalem, Break up your fallow ground, sow not among thorns. Hosea 10.12 says, Sow for yourselves righteousness, reap in mercy, Break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till he comes and rains righteousness on you. That hard ground. Sometimes it can get hard, can it? I, I don't know about you, but it is me. Sometimes I find my heart, you know. It, and, you know, if you, in fact, I was preparing this little devotional here, and the ground was just so hard I couldn't hardly get it up. But the minute it got water on it, it changed. And the minute God's water, the word, washes over our hearts, it breaks up. It softens that ground, so it's usable. Um, Remember, it's underneath that counts. It's not always what's on the surface. It's underneath. we got to dig deep. So look at verse 37. Turn away from my looking at worthless, turn me away from looking at worthless things and revive in me your way. Revive. I want you to think about that word, revive. That's going to come up over and over and over. So then point two is the danger of distractedness. The danger of distractedness. We must avoid distraction in our lives and focus on the key word, revive me. That is very important not to be drawn away from the Lord. And it is very hard not to be drawn away from the Lord. It happens, and we have to, we have to grasp that thought. And, and I mean, I've lived a long time. The distractions now are even more than they were even in my early days. You know, of course, we have more social media. We have more things coming at us, and it's, 
And there's again, the heart keeps coming up. Keep your heart. Verse 38. Establish your word to your servant who is devoted to fearing you. Spiritual victory is not letting the world and sin distract us from serving him. You know, what the Lord's been doing, I'm just going to share some of the things the Lord's been doing to me since I started this. I mean, oh, it wasn't for them. It was for me. And I really needed this. We have victory when we don't let, like, we, sometimes we won't serve him because we feel like we need to be served or you know, we, we, we get distracted and woe is me. Nobody's ministering to me. And, but we cannot, spiritual victory is focusing on the word and the Lord and don't let it distract you from wherever God has put you, whatever you're doing, however you're serving him. It doesn't have to be big. It can be just little small things that God, wherever he's placed you in the workplace, wherever you are in your life, he's there. Our delight should be in God's word and we should meditate it on, on it daily. Now, I keep this little book uh, handy. It's Keep a Quiet Heart. My Elizabeth Elliot, my favorite person, lady, author. And in there, she, um, she just gives personal things that have gone on in her life in there. But the whole thing is about keeping that quiet heart. Be still, my heart. We're so busy. Sometimes we, there's so much noise, we can't be still. Um, I am reminded how hard it is to do this in our day. Everywhere you go, something is clamoring for our attention. I wrote a blog a while back for Vision for Living, and in it I said, we are a society of noise. You go in the grocery store, there's a TV. I said, good grief, I don't have time to look at that TV. I'm going in to get groceries. Noise, noise, everywhere you go. Because we're, we're trying to get things accomplished, and they're important things. But sometimes, whatever, it could be our jobs, our home, a hobby, whatever, we're, we're always clamoring to get a lot accomplished. And I think as women, we want to get more accomplished. That's kind of sometimes our drive. Men, too. But it's all screaming at us sometimes. And do you ever feel like that sometimes? You know, I just need to go into a room by myself with a cup of whatever you like to drink, hot chocolate, coffee, tea, and just, you know, and I'm worse at that. I'm always clamoring and got to be doing. But Psalm 4610 says, and you know what it says, be still. And know that I'm God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. I'm convinced that the evil one would not have us still. Because if you get still and get quiet, you're going to think about spiritual things. He's going to invade your thoughts. And Satan hates it. I had a family member. And um, we were doing something together and, and taking care of some things. And... They, they, she, we had gotten rid of this TV of a family member and she couldn't even function because there was no noise. And I'm loving it. I'm like, I don't need, she said, well, I gotta go out and buy a TV. I can't take, and because she, if she was to get still, she did not know the Lord. If she was to be still, Satan knows if she gets still, she, he might invade, the Lord might invade her thoughts. And we just, 
sometimes need to slow down and be still. Now, it's hard, I know. But, you know, even you don't even have to stop sometimes. And, you know, if you're driving your car sometimes, you just think, you know, I need to think on you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you just protected me or thank you. But that, that stillness in our hearts. An organized heart is a quiet heart. We are called to an everlasting preoccupation with God. I'm going to read that again. A.W. Tozer, I love this quote. And I think Elizabeth Elliot says it a lot too if you listen to her talk. We are called to an everlasting preoccupation with God. We are, this is ongoing. This is forever. This is not a one-day devotional thing. This is, we should be constantly preoccupied with God in our thoughts, in our life. I'm just going to read a few little quotes to you that have ministered to me. God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied with him, John Piper. When we're satisfied with God, with God and he's enough, God is most glorified in our life. The recognition of who God is is a lifetime process, Elizabeth Elliot. And that's kind of kind of what that Mrs. Verley, the teachable woman, she recognized who God was, and it was a lifetime process. It didn't stop at 27 or 28 or 50. It was till she took her last breath. She was recognizing who God was, and the only way we're going to know who God is, what? To stay in the Word. Stay in the Word. Verse uh, 36, incline my heart. Verse 38, in Psalm, establish your word to your servant. Now, two things keep popping up in these Psalms to me, God's word and revive our hearts. Proverbs 4.23 says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. That's, to me, a very powerful Psalm. So, Lord, if my heart is not where it should be, what kind of things are coming out of my life? It's not the issues and the statutes of the Lord. It's other things. It's like, you know, Phil was saying, not our thoughts, not our interpretations, but your word, Lord. So keep my heart, Lord. Keep our hearts with all diligence for out of the issues of life. And I think, I don't know, I think this Lord. How do I get so distracted on unimportant things? And that's the age-old question, isn't it? I don't know if you struggle with it, but I struggle with it a lot. How do I get so distracted, Lord, on unimportant? I'll get so wrapped up in unimportant things and, and, and have to bring myself back to the center of Christ. How does my heart so easily trip me up? Well, we know our hearts are deceitful and desperately wicked, and who shall know it? God knows it. But I think the beautiful thing is, y'all, and I'm Southern, y'all, he still loves us. He still keeps ministering. He still loves us, even though our hearts are wicked. And that's why we need a Savior. We need Christ desperately every hour, every moment, because he's there to help us be still, to calm our hearts, and to look to him. Thank you for joining us this week. If you have questions about P4C, visit our website at p4csummit.org. 
Or you can email us at info at p4csummit.org. We hope you can join us next week on the P4C podcast as we listen to part two of this message. May God bless you as you seek to passionately live for his glory each and every day.